This is an Artist Journey podcast, the podcast for people thriving and creating as artists. I'm your host, Malcolm Dewey, and let's begin. Hi, welcome to episode 27 of an Artist Journey podcast. Once again, really happy to be back and talking to you again. It's been a busy week and I've been working on a couple of new projects um, exciting uh, new gallery representation at uh, a gallery in Kalk Bay in uh, Cape Town. So I'm busy framing and preparing paintings and getting them ready to be shipped down to this gallery. It's called the Artfark Gallery. It's actually an Afrikaans name. So if you're not quite aware of the translation, it's quite a tricky one. But uh, it's a kind of a play on the words of um, someone who really enjoys their art. I'm, I don't even think I can actually translate it adequately, but um, you'll know what it means if uh, you just think of someone that uh, is really into their art. Okay, but if uh, you stay in Cape Town, you'll know about this gallery and it's got some really amazing art um, some artists in there that uh, I admire a lot and so I'm, I'm really pleased and quite proud of uh, sending a batch of paintings down to them. So if you are in that region, pop in to the Artfark Gallery during uh, August and onwards and uh, you'll be able to see some of my paintings there. So excited about that. Um, other developments are I've launched a competition or really a giveaway actually it's been some years since I've done a nice giveaway I've decided to get serious and uh, I've got a nice uh, oil painting that I'm going to be giving away on the 15th of August 2018 to um, one lucky winner and five follow-up or runner-up prizes I should say of uh, free access to uh, some of my art courses. If you are interested in uh, taking a chance and getting one of my oil paintings delivered to you um, simply pop along to my website. Uh, You'll see the links there. Um, There's the entry form on my blog and uh, it's one of these competitions where you can increase your chances by sharing the competition as well. So we want to try and get as uh, many people involved. It also increases your chances. If you haven't joined my mailing list, you can also do that. Um, Get a few more entries for that as well, but uh, bonus as well. There'll be a few nice freebies heading your way. Everybody is getting something, part of uh, sharing some good things and uh, having a bit of fun as well. Okay, that's um, some of the things that have been going on. I'm still painting a lot of course and we've got a few new paintings in the pipeline. One of them being prepared for a new DVD that I'm going to be bringing out later in the year and there's going to be a few subjects on the DVD so keep a lookout for that. uh, Yeah, that, that is hard work. It keeps me really honest. Everything's recorded and I have to try and produce a good painting as well. So not as easy as it looks. Some people say I make it look too easy, but honestly, it is not. So 
on to today's show and yeah it's a subject that um, comes up a lot and is near to my heart as well it's about how to stop fear from killing your creativity sounds serious but uh, it actually is serious Um, it's serious in the, the sense of I know a lot of people who are very talented but are not taking the next step because for many reasons but the real big kicker the big kahuna of all these reasons is fear and I know exactly what I'm talking about here because um, I've had to wrestle fear that creature that tries to keep one down um, I have that as well even now um, almost every decision I make there's almost a mental check or let's say a gut reaction and I and I have to rely on that gut reaction sometimes there's a lot of anxiety attached to it or even just a, a little twinge of fear um, what if this falls flat what if this seems ridiculous it's always there in the background the difference is in most cases I'm now getting more and more aware of it and I'm able to push ahead even though the fear is there but I see it in family members I see it in friends and other artists that I meet fear can actually totally cripple your creativity it is a common trait in people it is something that goes back to early human development it is what has helped uh, humans I think evolve and get through the challenges of survival fear has been there to protect us Um, whenever we do something that is going to challenge us or threaten us um, in the early days it was a life and death thing today it may be not life and death but your creative survival is at stake Uh, recently i was reading a book called the rational optimist how prosperity evolves by matt ridley it is an excellent book quite a deep dive into human creativity also the development of humans and many of these social and economic and political you know giant sweeps in human history are discussed as well so um, extremely interesting book and something that you'll take a bit of time working through as the title suggests uh, Matt Ridley considers himself an optimist and he sees humans um, developing in a way that uh, we can look forward to but it's taken a long time and it's still going to take a long time for us to reach perhaps our pinnacle hopefully one of the things that he mentions in the the book and uh, which I found particularly interesting is uh, early humans or hominids why did early hominids continue to use the hand axe axe made out of stone for hundreds of uh, and thousands of years why was there no advance in this basic tool so uh, the simple explanation is that turns out there is no need or there was no need to develop anything new it's an effective tool and one that there was no need to go any further did the job so one day something happened something incredible and almost magical happened 
another branch of the hominid family tree came along and almost like flipping the switch, mankind was set and placed into the fast lane of development. And what was this event? What, what was the turning point? And according to the author, the event was the first trading of goods. So when mankind began to exchange one valuable item for another valuable item, suddenly there was a reason to come up with goods that other people needed. Right? These are goods that you could trade for something that you wanted. If you wanted to get something, you had to come up with an item that was good enough to be traded. Almost overnight, in the grand scheme of things that is, um, trade unleashed the forces of creativity. Suddenly, early humans were thinking creatively to create something. If you created something that was in demand, that was really cool and other people wanted it and they had cool stuff you wanted. So in a blink of an eye, humans were sending men to the moon and we had rockets and cars and whatever. In the relative time scale of development of life on earth and, and in the human race, the jump from early trade to you know cars and space travel is extremely short in this relative scale that humans have been able to make such tremendous achievements due to unleashing the creative power that is within us and and here we are i'm talking to you over the internet on a podcast it's just incredible it's creativity that accounts for everything that we use and enjoy in our modern world. And I love the quote by Alan Alder, who said that, be brave enough to live creatively. So our achievements over the past century seems to suggest that we are brave uh, because we have achieved so much creatively. So as a species, we have never had it so good. As they point out in the book, even in the 50s and 60s, um, life was much harder in so many ways. Facts say that we are at the top of our game and almost anything is possible. Yet, so many of us still experience the massive killer of creativity. We still live in fear. So unlike Alan Alder telling us to be brave enough to live creatively, many of us are not even considering living creatively because fear is too great. The fear of failure, other things, embarrassment, whatever, but it all boils down to fear of failure. So instead of boldness, many of us remain fearful, and it seems that the hardwired protective instinct still keeps so many people trapped. If it is creativity that set humans free, then it's a real shame that many of us are afraid to create. Or should we not take to creativity very easily? Um, think about children. Give them a crown, a piece of paper, blocks to play with, whatever it might be. And before you know it, the child is doing something creative. Children are fearless when it comes to creativity. They try everything and anything goes, no problem. So until all the fears of adulthood get handed down to these children, they have no fear. But they're just children, so shouldn't they be the ones that have things to fear? 
Well, when it comes to creativity, fear is in the mind. And if it's not in the mind of the child, or they haven't acquired the fear, or the habit of fear, they create with complete and blissful abandon. At some point along the line, at some point of development, we teach the children about embarrassment and being ridiculed and being teased and comments are made that uh, just slightly undermine the confidence of children and young adults. So often we pass down the pain of what has happened to us that made us feel embarrassed about our creativity. So this persists into adulthood and even grown-ups that should be fearless as well and know better and have gone through many things in their life to the point where they can now retire and take time off and do things. What happens? Right? I've seen it in art students who are afraid to try new things. These are our students that are older than I am that should be completely fearless. But it doesn't matter. That fearful core remains within us and is ready to jump in and protect us, protect the ego, whatever it might be, at a moment's notice. It takes courage to take up art again. And many artists have put off their creative pursuits for careers and raising families. When these obligations run out, they want to take up art again. And this should be simple, but it isn't. Okay, Instead of creativity being rekindled in a joyful way, instead these grown-ups are looking at creativity as a risk. You don't want to look foolish. Um, It's very easy for a spouse or a friend to say, this is just nonsense, come on, chin up and start your painting. But to the new artist, it is years of ego that is at risk, right? Psyches are fragile and there's a risk in exposing your art to others. Instead of being full of confidence, all of that ego and that everything that is built around it to protect it is now at stake. All the skills you've learned in life to make yourself brave and effective in the workplace, that no longer is there. This is something totally new. So this is especially true of those that painted long ago, maybe a few decades ago. They were painting and doing art lessons and that skill has faded over time and that is also an unsettling experience. These folks find themselves thinking of ways to minimize the risk. You minimize the risk by trying a few paintings. Maybe you want to write a book, so you write a couple chapters. But it turns out you're not as good as you used to be. Your skills have got rusty. This is totally natural, but of course makes us look foolish or potentially foolish. All in our mind, of course, nobody else is trying to judge you within you suddenly faced with a realization that um, you're not as good as you used to be and this is difficult. So instead of painting that beautiful painting straight away and popping it in a frame and showing it to all your friends, suddenly the painting turns out to be a flop. What does our artist do? Instead of forging on and just scraping off the painting, starting again, they put it aside and quickly forget about it. Pretend it didn't happen. So the truth is, the more important it is to take up your creative pursuit, the harder it becomes to do so. 
that will fight you the hardest because your ego understands this as a huge risk. The big thing could turn out to be a big flop. And this means a lot of risk to the psyche, a lot of risk to the ego. And this is how fear works. Fear will stop your creative happiness every time. Give it just the slightest chance. Have you heard the saying that fear is figments of the imagination or things appearing real? Okay, the correct term is anxiety since this is an imaginary condition. Okay, a real fear is, you know, the, the man with the chainsaw climbing through the window. Okay, that's, that's when you want to have fear. That's a good thing to have. You must fear that and fight or flight. When you're having fear about um, a bad painting or, or writing a bad book, this is more really called um, anxiety and it's within the mind. How to combat this fear or this anxiety? Okay, the easy answer, of course, is don't think about it. Anxiety only exists when you think about it. Unfortunately, this simple realization, maybe it works, in which case, fantastic. But uh, just saying it is not going to make it easy to get rid of. So if creative fear is imaginary, why isn't it easy to conquer it? So look at it this way. Your creative instinct comes from uh, within, from yourself, everything that is built up and wrapped around to protect you. I look at it as the outer layer that presents you to the world. It's almost like the ego is another being entirely, but it's so fragile, made up of, I don't know, crystal, thin crystal ego. So it has to put out a protective barrier. But your real soul within the creative um, soul has to struggle against the ego. I think most people are now have come across Stephen Pressfield's book, The War of Art, and he deals with this extremely well. Um, he calls the ego-generated enemy the resistance, and the resistance is a cold and powerful force that fights your creativity whenever it can. So your ego is programmed to protect itself, and things get really ugly when the ego goes to war. It takes no prisoners. So what is at risk? Some people recognize that this is a battle and they cannot step back. This is a good thing when, because it means you're aware of what is going on. You're aware of this conflict and you don't just take it at face value. You are aware that you have to confront this issue. So they see that the risk of giving up is more damaging than the risk of creating. Very important awareness. They know it's hard, but they persevere. So they write the book. They paint the painting. They do it one step at a time. You do it one brushstroke at a time. If you're writing, you write one page at a time. And that's all you have to do is just write that one page. Or put some paint on your brush and make some marks. See what happens. By taking action, you start to defeat the fear or the anxiety that is holding you back. Because it's action that is required. Do the work despite the fear, the risk and the doubts. And this is how to be truly brave. 
and to create is to complete the work no matter what the art turns out to be in the end. What does count is actually starting. So here's a few suggestions about uh, reaching the point where you take the plunge despite all the fear and anxiety. Number one, recognize fear in its many disguises. Procrastination is one of them. It seems so innocent and trivial. When chores look more important than starting your art, you know there's a problem. So when you have to dash out to the store to get something for tea, it seems perfectly reasonable. But if you put off starting your creative work because of that, there's a problem. When you have to answer all those emails that are suddenly so important, just lies. Face the truth. The truth is you're putting off getting started. Number two, set a date the day or the night before. Work out what you need to do tomorrow at a specific time and write this down in your diary. Set the timer and show up on time. Take the one step that is necessary to beat procrastination. Number three is make yourself accountable. This can be to your significant other, a friend or someone trustworthy. And believe me, not all your friends can be trusted, okay? I'm talking about taking you seriously with your creativity. Some of them just don't get it and it's not an issue for them. So you need to put someone in place, trust someone who is going to get you covered, all right? It's going to watch out for your back and make sure they're going to ask you and they're going to want to know that you've started. So you can't BS them. You've got to do the work. Uh, because they're going to call you chicken. Okay, number four is arrange your reward. When you complete your date, you get the reward. Do something, give yourself a reward, uh, a small thing. Give yourself an hour off to read your favorite book. Go, yes, go get an ice cream. Just uh, not the whole tub. <laughs> Just get, do something fun. Um, you'll know what it is, but give yourself that reward. Number five is take lessons, workshops, or maybe you need a a mentor. So not only do you commit to something, you also learn new things. This keeps adding to your fun and creativity. And it also helps to cover that accountability issue we spoke about earlier. It's very easy. Lessons, workshops, all of these things are quite abundantly available Maybe a mentor isn't quite as easy to find, but um, if you have a look, I'm sure you can find something or similar. A mentor doesn't even have to know about you. It doesn't have to know you personally. You can find an online mentor that you follow, um, that you find inspirational. Maybe he has or she has courses, books, a blog, um, whatever. Subscribe and follow and learn be inspired number six is to set goals small medium and large incremental steps that lead to something significant is what i'm really looking for here this is part of taking action one brushstroke one word one page at a time you can also look at um, larger goals maybe if if they excite you 
things that are going to take you forward. Maybe an exhibition, maybe publication of your short story, publish an ebook on Amazon. Not hard to do. Launch your website or your blog. Maybe um, have a market where you take part in a local market, set up a, a table, put out your goods, put a, your paintings, whatever it is you're producing. These are important steps. Okay, This takes things to another level. Some of these turn out to be big goals that can lead to bigger things. You don't um, go to the next level without taking that first step. Number seven is what I like to call getting fighty. When someone makes small of your ambitions or jokes about your ideas, these are subtle ways of undermining what you're trying to achieve. When this happens, it's time to stand up and back yourself. You don't have to lose your temper. You don't have to resort to extreme measures, but you have to stand up. So instead, make sure that these people understand that you are serious. Don't let them undermine you. Don't let cynicism get the better of you. Tell them that this is important and you're going to do this and you'd appreciate their support. And in words to that effect, you'll know how to handle it at the time. But don't just accept it as a confirmation that you should just give up. Okay, number eight is to be ready for battle. So you start your project and you reach halfway um, and then you have second thoughts. Maybe the painting looks a bit sucky, the book is weak, so you decide I better abandon this before someone sees it. You've got to keep going at all costs until you are finished. You can fix things, you can rewrite, you can make adjustments to your paintings. But Accept the fact that your first efforts are not going to be as good as your later work. Right? You don't create the masterpiece first and then spend a lifetime producing worse and worse and worse. Works the other way around. You've got to make a few mistakes and you've got to produce a few bad paintings before you get, do a good one. You know, you can, if you ever visit me one day, come to my workshops or something like that, I can take you into the garage and show you the piles of canvases and old um, painting panels of failed paintings. It's not something that I'm ashamed of. It is the path I had to follow, the road to improvement. Number nine, it's not just about getting through the battle I spoke about just now. It's about what happens when you finish. You can then get on to the next step of trouble. So now you begin to doubt yourself all over again. You've got the finished work and you look at it and think, awful. It's awful. How could you have been so foolish? You've messed it up again. It's a complete disaster. You're going to look like a total idiot. Ah, how many times, how many things have been completed and then hidden away? Now look, you don't have to rush off and publish everything straight away. I don't mean that either. But all, all I can say is it's not as bad as you make it out to be. So even if you have doubts, put a picture of your work out there. Add it to your blog. Put it on your social media. Just say that this is what you've been up to and start the next job. Start the next painting. Start the next book. Just keep doing 
because you can't get off by simply saying it's not good enough i've made a mess and throw in the towel right doesn't work that way so item 10 very important item 10 is start the next work right away you don't get a day off the most important time to start your next work is the moment you finish the previous work and this builds perseverance this builds muscle this is where the guts comes in to do your great work and the great work comes when you get started on the next job it's filled with hope filled with possibility you know you're getting professional like Stephen Pressfield says the way to defeat the resistance is to get professional you got to show up you got to do the work that's not a once-off deal so this is the way of the creative person and we have a lot to be grateful for because so many wonderful people so many men and women in the history of human development showed up and did the work made tons of mistakes made so many silly errors when they look back on it but they've given us wonderful things medical breakthroughs scientific breakthroughs incredible art the ferrari i mean there's tons of wonderful things we can be grateful for awesome movies books uh, the list goes on and on all about people who face their fears put that aside and realize there was important stuff to create don't feel anxious about starting your next project or kicking off your creative project for the first time whatever it might be you've got to just begin if you're listening to this in the evening, get out your notebook, make a note of what it is you're going to be starting with tomorrow. Hell, if you can start right away, start right away. Some days you're not going to feel it and you're not going to want to do it. My suggestion then is just do one thing. Do one thing. If you're an artist, if your painting is your thing, get out a canvas and just tone it with a layer of color. Let it dry and then start your painting tomorrow if you're writing blogs research a few titles look up a few topic suggestions write a few words if you're writing your book write that paragraph aim for a page a day simple as that a page a day at the end of the year you're going to have 365 pages and that's good enough for a nice sized novel whatever it might be i wish you all the best be brave be creative and don't wait any longer if you have um, some suggestions you want to add to this things that have worked for you struggles you've faced and how you've overcome them please drop me a line i'd be happy to give you a shout out let other people know as well if you enjoyed this podcast and it's been helpful to you please feel free to share it out as well subscribe let me know what you think be great to hear from you this podcast, as always, brought to you by Learn to Paint with Impact, my comprehensive painting course. If you want to get creative and take up painting again, but uh, forgotten how to do it, or you're starting for the first time, this course is all about the fundamentals of painting. No matter what medium you paint with, you're going to learn how to create a strong and beautiful painting. So that's Learn to Paint with Impact. More details at uh, malcolmdeweyfineart.com.